Hello, true believers. Sean Arama here on the Sean Geek Podcast. A podcast done by a dad, a geek, a musician, and his assorted um, friends as co-hosts. Yes, I don't usually introduce the show, but I thought I would today, just in case people are listening uh, today and um, don't really know what it is. They saw some sort of interest in the podcast, decided to download it and um, and check out who what the Sean Geek podcast is all about. So, yes, I am the host of the show. Uh, I go by the name Sean Arama. It's a name I picked up uh, a number of years ago when I was co-hosting... Um, a YouTube channel, um, and uh, the name kind of stuck. Uh, so this is the show. I want to give a special shout out. And uh, no, I'm not supposed to do this unless you guys are Patreon subscribers and are um, giving us some shekels every month. But I did want to give a shout out to Great Britain and to Switzerland. That's right, Switzerland. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, I am driving in rain and it's very dangerous today because of the rain. It's very, very um, hydroplane kind of weather. Anyway, um, Switzerland and Great Britain, for some reason, I don't know what's going on, but uh, you two countries have been downloading the podcast a lot. Uh, my highest numbers are generally Canada, um, and then followed by the U.S., and then there's kind of a smattering around the rest of the globe. But uh, Switzerland and Great Britain, for some reason, have ousted the U.S. Uh, for listenership to this podcast. I have no idea what happened, but I want to give a shout-out to, to Great Britain and to... Um, Wow, it's really messy out here. Anyway, I want to give a shout out to Switzerland, Great Britain, for uh, downloading the show, uh, giving me some love, downloading the episodes. But I want to hear from you. Why are you listening to the podcast? What has brought you into the podcast? And uh, why? Like, what's 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 drawing you in? I want to know. Um, I'm not going to get into the history here, but I do have an affinity for those two countries. Um, <laughs> strangely enough, I have a uh, novel that I'm working through the editing phases of that is called Switzerland. Um, I guess I have to write a novel called Great Britain next. Maybe it'll be the sequel to Switzerland. We'll see. But anyway, special shout out to those two countries that are supporting the podcast. Um, if you are at all interested, visit me on Patreon. Look for Meet the Geeks on Patreon. Um, yeah, there'll be links at the bottom of my podcast, as there always is. There's links on my podcast page. There's links on the webpage to get on to Patreon. I would love to get uh, some hardcore geek subscribers to the podcast and to the webcomic called Meet the Geeks, which... Um, uh, chronicles the adventures of yours truly and a bunch of other geeks basically uh, uh, Corey who does the strip decided to put together a strip about um, 
his best him and his best buddies and the shenanigans they get up to as uh, geeks and to meet the geeks. So um, if you become a Patreon subscriber and give that uh, monthly donation that we're looking for, you are going to get access to the podcast. You're going to get access to the comic book early, ahead of everyone else, and a bunch of other goodies. Um, thinking about we might even change the subscription plan to make it a little easier for you. Because uh, getting that stuff early is great. I mean, I get the Meet the Geek strip early because I know Corey. But if you guys want to get on, a, on the action, the only way you're going to do so is by subscribing to the channel. That's, uh, you know, that's the only way to do it. So, that being said, I have arrived at a destination, which is um, putting some petrol into my car. So, um, if you guys just want to hold on a sec here, and I will get gas. Good, how are you? Uh, no, just 40 on regular is good. I'll pay cash here. Yeah. On regular, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, filling up with some petrol here. So, um, yeah, the patron thing is kind of a new thing. It's something we've been, uh, I've mentioned this a million times on the podcast. I was averse to doing, but if I want to keep doing the podcast, if I want to expand the podcast and do more things with the podcast, and conversely, if we want to do that with our webcomic, uh, the only way we're going to be able to do such a thing is to actually um, invest some money in it. Um, that's, you know, I want to invest more money in it than I've already invested of my own, um, from my own. So if I can do that, then it's going to be uh, freaking awesome. So let's get on to the topic at hand today. I wanted to talk about Avengers Infinity War. I had a, uh, amazing talk with, uh, my friend Corey, I hid with his son. He has a son, um, a bit of a brilliant um awesome kid and uh i had on my captain america hoodie uh yes i'm a captain america fan and you see it uh in my avatar i'm when they sporting the captain america shirt um big captain america fan and so is he it's his favorite um avenger uh it's my one of my favorite heroes they don't make t-shirts of my favorite heroes but um out of the commercial ones, Captain America is definitely my fave. But anyway, uh, we had ended up having this, a discussion about Infinity War because he had just seen the film. I'm going to pause you for a sec here. We're about to pay the man. Hey, I'm back. I just paid the man on my uh, on my way to uh, destination number two. So um, we, we got to talk about uh, Infinity War. Um, I guess he just seen it or we seen it. He had all these crazy interesting theories. Now, some of these theories might be his, might be mine, might be the internet's, um, but I wanted to kind of encapsulate everything I had into one place and uh, kind of talk about some, uh, a compilation of what people are saying, what some theories of my own that I had. Now, the movie is old now. It's been out for a little while, so I've had... I didn't really want to talk about this um, to, until now, and I know everyone has their own speculation, their own thing, but I wanted to really digest the movie, to watch it again, 
to read uh, to read Infinity Infinity Gauntlet, the the first uh, Marvel comic series on it, and I wanted to get through Infinity War, the comic. Like I kind of wanted to read a few things, let it sit and digest. Don't react emotionally to what the movie is and my own theories emotionally. I wanted to react with some thought and uh, some thought put into it. So after uh, talking to uh, Corey's son about this, it, it kind of got it kind of got me excited again. So I have spent the last week plus uh, since, well, since last Friday, last week, um, going over uh, everything I could find on the internet and finding the theories that were out there. I've read a lot of them after the movie came out. And um, it was interesting theories. I, I didn't agree with a lot of them. Um, I mean, a lot of it's just, you know, uh, here's what I would like to see happen, which is fine. Um, but I kind of wanted to think about it a bit. So, the stuff I'm going to talk about here may or may not be the most common ones, or the most popular ones, or what fans want to see, but they're what I am seeing and kind of my thoughts on the whole rigmarole about all that stuff. So, I'm going to try to do this while driving, which is going to be incredibly difficult. Um, of course, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Turn off the podcast now. Go watch the film. Also, specifically, go watch uh, Black Panther and Ant-Man and the Wasp. These are all critical to a lot of the thinking that went into this film. Uh, Doctor Strange as well, in particular. Basically, get caught up in your Marvel movies and uh, check in here. But Ant-Man and Infinity War, obviously the two biggies. I'm going to be spoiling a ton of stuff. Um, and it's going to touch on aspects of a, a bunch of other movies. So, um, plus you should go watch them. They're great films. So the biggest thing that was discussed that I've put a lot of thought into was, uh, the lack of Ant-Man in the film. And after seeing Ant-Man, there was an explanation, a pretty good explanation given as to why he wasn't there. Um, but in some ways, I think the events of Infinity War and Ant-Man run very parallel, timeline-wise, with each other. Um, in fact, it is a key component to the film that is going to have the biggest impact on Avengers 4. Mark my words, um, and I'm not the only one speculating this, a lot of people are speculating this, but I want to offer my own spin. So some of these ideas, like I said, may not be originally my own, but it's my interpretation of everything I've read, everything I've seen, and my own theories intertwined. So if you've heard this before, that's okay. You might have heard it before, but uh, this is Seanorama's take on the information at hand. So, Ant-Man. In the Ant-Man film, at the end of the film, uh, after they've done everything in the movie, and Ant-Man gets punted into the quantum realm, which is where um, uh, Janet Van Dyne had been, uh, and the place that Ant-Man had lost her to, the original Ant-Man, uh, Hank Pym. So at the end of the film, they're like, okay, you know, we're going to explore this. We're going to be, uh, as I would hearken to say, imaginots about the whole thing. Um, 
they decide to send Scott into the quantum realm uh, to check some stuff out. And when that happens, after, immediately after that happens, um, the wasp that we hope, Van Dyne, um, the original Ant-Man, Hank Pym, and the original wasp, Janet Van Dyne, all turn into dust and are gone. Leaving Scott Lang, Ant-Man, trapped in the quantum realm. Now, this is a key element set up to Avengers and the release of the film and excluding Ant-Man from Avengers actually it, it makes a more logical storytelling sense to do what they did and why I say that is he's sidelined for real reasons um, his, uh, his relationship with his daughter has always been uh, contingent upon him remaining out of jail keeping out of trouble all those things so it was very very key for him to surrender himself to house arrest and uh, you know be out of action and not be there during Infinity War so um, in the movie in the Ant-Man movie there's a lot of discussion about the quantum realm and uh, just making sure I'm taking the right turn off here there's a lot of discussion about the quantum realm. Oh my god, what's this guy doing? I have no idea. Merging at 10 kilometers an hour is not a safe thing to do. Um, so there's a lot of discussion about the quantum realm. Uh, it's a place that doesn't exist within ours. It's its own dimension. But the rules of physics, the rules of time... Um, none of that applies there. So taking that theory into account, while someone is in the quantum realm, time could be going faster or slower or any combination of things. Um, I think what we can hypothesize here is that, um, and it was mentioned in the movie, is that this is the bridge to Avengers. This is what's going to allow... Um, the Avengers, that tiny glimpse of hope of uh, saving the universe and all that kind of stuff. So, one, the thing that is brought up in the movie, and I can't remember exactly what they call it, I was, I was trying to find it, but uh, exactly what is in the quantum realm are time causalities, I guess. I, I'm not sure really, really sure what the word would be, but um, I, I think there are windows to the entire timeline all in one go. Since time doesn't flow naturally in that dimension, they can view entire timelines. I can just imagine, I can, I can totally see this. Ant-Man is looking, he's trying to find a way out, and he's going to see these windows to you know our dimension, to our reality, and be able to see a lot of things happening much like Doctor Strange was doing in the Avengers movie when he was looking at all the myriad uh, millions of possibilities of the outcome and seeing every single one and saying there is only one outcome where we succeed. 
Um, and conversely, I think Ant-Man can probably have that window to see what Doctor Strange saw. And I think Doctor Strange's intention is that Hank Pym is his, is his wild card. Um, he is the possibility of, you know, what might be able to happen and how they can get around, um, how they can get to actually beating Thanos. So I think the one of the key, major key factors here is the quantum realm, the ability to see timelines and because Scott is so good at figuring stuff out, he's a very smart guy. I mean, he's not Hank Pym or anything like that, but he's good enough to figure stuff out and, I mean, and, you know, learn how to use the technology. Um, he did as well as he did because of his ability to just suss out situations and find ways around it, hence why he was such a, a, a good thief. Um... Uh, I think that what happened was in the Avengers film when the whole time the um, the Infinity Stone, the one that controls time, that is in the Orb of Agamotto, I think that he delays giving it to Thanos until the right moment. And the right moment is after Scott Lang enters the Quantum Realm. I think that is key. The re he was eventually going to give it to Thanos. He was going to give that stone to Thanos, but there was a timing thing, and he wanted to make sure that Scott was safe and protected and in the quantum realm because he knew at any moment he was going to snap his fingers and half the universe was going to disappear. So, A, Scott Lang might not have turned into dust when he snapped his fingers, but then again, he might have. And I think the quantum realm, because it exists out of time and space... It was uh, a way to save Hank Pym, or Hank Pym, to save Scott Lang so he doesn't dissipate into dust and that they, you know, can rely on him to be the game changer. And maybe, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Thanos was thinking long term and eliminated the heroes that needed to be eliminated um, that could have affected the outcome. So, I think that in the film, we're going to see Scott Lang looking at the various timelines and some of the clips that have been released or footage or um, that we saw is going to be him looking at stuff. I think it's going to be um, him figuring stuff out. It's going to be him seeing the timelines. And I think what he's going to be seeing is alternate timelines in the Marvel Universe the things that directly led up to why we have the problem we have now with Thanos getting all this power. So there is a scene that showed, um, um, it showed it in Wakanda where they're in Wakanda, Wakanda and Hulk is fighting alongside uh, cap and black Panther in, in that group. But in the, in, in the movie that didn't happen at all. He, the Hulk wasn't able to come out. Um, Banner had to put on some Hulkbuster armor and, and, you know, get stuff done that way, but the Hulk wasn't there. Um, I think an in an alternate timeline, the Hulk was there, and it was one of the events that, you know, led up to what was going on. I think in that first Avengers film, the whole, you know, forming of the team, team and all that, 
I think that was meant to happen, but at some point the timeline diverged and allowed Thanos to rise to power and all those things to happen. Basically, the rise of Thanos was because the timeline was already messed up and a couple of things didn't line up the way they were supposed to. So, for example, originally maybe Ant-Man, either Scott Lang or maybe it was Hank Pym still, were meant to be a part of the Avengers lineup that you see in the first Avengers film, which is some of the photos that were released. Um, also, Hulk should have been in Wakanda and he should have, Banner should have hulked out and been able to do his thing. Um, I think all that should have happened, but that didn't happen either. And there's probably a whole number of things that should have happened that didn't happen because of exactly that reason. The timeline had been fractured and had been broken. So I think Ant-Man is seeing all of these alternate, this alternate timeline that should have happened or conversely seeing the timeline that would have helped lead to Thanos' defeat and not allowing him to get the power that he did get. So the quantum realm is going to be key. The, I also think the quantum realm is going to allow Ant-Man to pop in at different, possibly at multiple different times um, and maybe align, realign the timeline the way it needs to be. Fix the timeline that allows the Avengers that chance that in Avengers Infinity War that the way that it played out wouldn't play out that way. It would lead directly to Thanos' defeat. So that's my theories there. Um, Doctor Strange is the architect to Thanos' defeat. He knows how to do everything and he is setting everything in motion. I think that Ant-Man is, is, is a key component um, but I also think he's you know setting up a lot of other things. Um, I can't even imagine. I just know in the comics he was, uh, he was definitely the architect. Or not the architect, but he helped set things up. Adam Warlock was the architect um, in the Infinity Gauntlet. And he was, you know, he had f figured every single chess piece on how to defeat Thanos. So I think we might be seeing more Doctor Strange kind of being that person in here. So that's my number one. My number one is the whole Ant-Man Quantum Realm thing. Um... And number two is how Doctor Strange is the architect. I, I think that... I think there's a key moment in Avengers Infinity War, the moment that uh, Thanos uses the time gem to reverse time. So this is after the, um, the mind gem, the one that Vision has, the one that gives him sentience and consciousness and all that sort of stuff when Scarlet Witch destroys that gem and when that gem is destroyed and gone and finished um, Thanos' last chance for winning is gone but he uses the time gem to reverse time to go back in time get the soul gem and at this point this is when the true threat of Thanos is realized because once he gets that last gem the universe wakes up the, the, the universe you know, it becomes awoken. Um, and by the universe, I mean, there are great, uh, all powerful beings, the ones that actually, uh, control the universe. Um, specifically the living tribunal. Um, there's the in-betweener eternity, celestials, galactus, perhaps, um, chaos, uh, and order. Uh, there's, um, there's so many celestial beings that basically run the universe. And they run it based on uh, the idea of balance, 
Uh, they let certain things happen that are horribly evil, but they let good things happen too. There's a balance. It's the ebb and flow of how the universe is supposed to, to live and exist. Now, the minute Thanos breaks the space-time continuum to get that last gem. Now, if he had never done that, if everything had gone according to plan and he acquired all the gems, he might not have ever used the time stone. So maybe the events preceding that led up to everything that happened was orchestrated by Doctor Strange. He made sure everything played out the way it did. And maybe that's where the Hulk is the key. If the Hulk had been there, maybe things wouldn't have gone the way they did. Maybe they would have lost sooner and the time gem would never have been used. But I think the fact that the time gem is used in the way it is used, and it is, uh, I think it actually fractures the space-time continuum. And that's the moment where all the... Um, entities of the universe the the ruling class of the universe they go oh we're going to get involved now and i think that is possibly what dr strange did he led everything to that moment to give the avengers the slightest chance not to win but to lose in the manner that they did and that is the key uh game playing that dr strange is using through the whole movie that's what I think. Now, um, I think there's a lot of talk about Gamora not being dead. Um, there's talk that she might be inside the Soul Stone. And there's a whole weird thing with Red Skull there that kind of totally doesn't... Like, it's not answered in the movie, and I think there's something there that could be happening that we could be, you know... Um, I haven't figured out the Red Skull side of things I'm still trying to work that out and I hope he does have a bigger role that's just a uh, what I would like to see oh excuse me because I am a big Red Skull fan but Gamora being inside the 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 soul stone I think is very key if she's alive I don't think she was sacrificed I think what happened was I just came up with this right now on the spot the soul stone is possessed by a person at all times. So the soul stone was previously under the control, not under the control, but housed the red skull. So when Thanos went in and sacrificed his daughter Gamora, he freed the red skull to escape. That was what red skull, so red skull played out the whole scenario to free himself from the soul stone because he'd been captured there. I think other people, and this is where the Odin theory comes in, um, everyone's saying that Odin did in fact possess the Infinity Gauntlet because he had one um, in Asgard, but that he had all of the stones and it was the soul stone he was not able to get or maybe did in fact get. But at one point in time, he sacrificed Hela, his daughter, and maybe that's where she was sacrificed too. So maybe in Thor Ragnarok, what we see happening is that um, there, it's a trading a soul for a soul every time. Maybe that's what's happening there. And maybe Gamora is the key to Red Skull getting out and Gamora is now in the stone. But because he actually made the ultimate sacrifice and collected the stone and finished the Infinity Gauntlet, 
and used it, I think Gomorrah is in his mind and is going to be controlling him. And uh, not controlling him, but it eventually will make him feel feelings of remorse and regret. And that in the end, I think Thanos could ultimately be his own undoing because of the influence of Gomorrah. So I think Gomorrah might be alive uh, in soul or essence or whatever you want to say. Um, I, I, I really think that that theory, the soul gem literally contains a soul. And I think that's the whole thing with that. Now, in the comics, Thanos is always res ultimately responsible for defeating himself every single time. He is the biggest loser in the universe. He comes up with the greatest scheme to win and be the king of everything and always screws it up himself. That is his biggest fault. Um, and I think we're going to see that play out in the next film. He will be the architect of his own undoing under the influence of others, of course. But it will be Thanos making that choice to give up the power. Um, so I think that's going to happen. Now, how that's going to play out exactly, there's a whole bunch of different things. I think that the snap, when he snapped his fingers and undid everything, I think that still happened. And I think all those people did, in fact, die. There's theories that they all went to the soul gym. And that's entirely... Uh, possible, but I think the rewriting of the timeline, uh, changing key factors in the timeline by Ant-Man, um, and Ant-Man might even be responsible for um, Banner not being able to Hulk out. Maybe he actually was in the Infinity uh, Infinity War movie, and he actually was. He shrunk down to the size that he was able to get inside the Hulk, which is a common thing that the Wasp and Wasp always did was to shrink super small and get inside, and he might have been able to inhibit Banner from transforming into Hulk um, by being inside him. So maybe there was something along those lines, but, you know, hypothesizing here. Um, but what, uh, what I did want to say is um, the, the big one everyone talks about, did Loki die, did he not? Uh, I don't think Loki died or he sacrificed himself knowing that he wasn't really going to die. In the end, Loki's vain and does not want to die. He will do anything to survive. So I don't think, um, I honestly don't think, no, I know he didn't die. I know that's not a thing. So, um, I think that he faked his death or he died and knew he was going to be reset or something along those lines multiple theories as to how he's going to come back. I know he's going to come back. I, I, I don't doubt it at all. Um, so there's a lot of different ways he could have escaped his death. So if he didn't, in fact, die and survive some other way, then there's lots of things leading to show that he actually saved himself somehow. Such as he uh, his power of illusion was so great, and at this time, Thanos is not at his most powerful. He could have easily hidden... Um, amongst uh, Thanos' crew. Um, and in fact, he, the illusion could have been he could have possibly switched out with one of his crew, used his illusion powers to get Thanos to snap the neck of one of his own people and taken that person's place and uh, doing his machinations all throughout that whole time. He might even, in fact, even if he wasn't doing this of his own volition, which he might have, he could have been tricked into doing what he's doing by Doctor Strange. He may be in league with Doctor Strange, or he might be entirely on his own, 
looking for a way to wrest the gauntlet from him and become the wielder of the Infinity Gauntlet at some point. He is the master manipulator after all. And for him to you know die the way he did, ain't gonna happen. Um, another thought, yeah, he might have switched with Banner. Um, knowing that his best way to escape from there, that Heimdall would transport Banner away. He, he knew that that's what he was going to do. By switching with Banner, he gets shunted and he gets saved. So when everyone is killed on the... Uh, when everyone is killed on the craft, except for Thor, who somehow survives, um, simultaneously, Banner, who is shunted to space, may have survived as well by transforming into the Hulk. Um, the other thing is he may have um, Loki that dies in the film may in fact have been a scrawl. That's entirely possible too. Um, th th there's no way he died. There's no way he died. So I think, wow, I think I covered everything here. Um, I was going to go a little longer on this, but these are some of the theories. I mean, there's um, many, many other things that could have happened, but these are the ones that I'm, I'm sticking with. If, if they're saying uh, things like, so I think the snap will be undone. It's permanent, yes, but it will be undone, and that's the matter it will be undone in, in rewriting the storyline. However, by rewriting the storyline, I don't know if everyone would in fact come back. Um, I don't think it would work that way. I guess everyone that had been snapped uh, would come back, but the people that had been killed throughout the movie, maybe they survive, maybe they don't. Um... Yeah, so, again, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, and Gamora are the key uh, people. I honestly think there's going to be some sort of showdown as well uh, with Cap. Uh, something cool is going to happen there, I'm not sure. And uh, Thor will be a big player. But how does Captain Marvel fit in all this? I think in the Captain Marvel... So here's a spoiler for what I think is going to happen in Captain Marvel. The first stone he collects... He just has it at the beginning of Avengers. And I think we're going to see that collection um, in Captain Marvel. I think that's what we're going to see happen. All right, I guess that's it, guys. I'm going to sign off here. I'm actually at the gym. I'm going to go in and pump some iron. And I will see you all on the flip side.